and welcome to the Humanity Leadership Podcast. We're here to talk all things leadership. My name is David Wheatley, and uh, we're here to talk all things leadership. And this week, with my uh, business partner and co-author of What Great Teams Do Great, available at all good bookstores as we speak, uh, John Barrett. Welcome, John. Hey, thanks, David. Great to be here. Uh, now, last time we spoke about choice, which it was in episode six, we've just decided, um, we actually got people to try and mentally draw out a uh, picture. And on the vertical continuum, we looked at um, what our focus of care was, going from being focused purely on self to being focused on the greater good, which included self. On the horizontal continuum, we were looking at your level of commitment going from a place of comfort to a place of impact, which drew up four leadership choices. And um, we had the chance to talk through those, and we're going to expand. We kind of teased the eight choices last time, but uh, I just want to recap the, the four um, real quickly. So if we had those two continuums, do you want to guide us through those four choices? Yeah, absolutely. So let us start um, Let us start in the bottom left, right-hand corner. <laughs> bottom right-hand corner. Right, bottom right-hand corner. So a high level of commitment, commitment to impact, and a self-focused choice. Right, absolutely. So um, I'm focused on just me, and I am very, very committed to what's best for me. And that choice we label as a destructive choice because in an interdependent world that we live in, just focusing on me is going to you know, destroy value or negatively impact the world around me. And thus ultimately also me. And we characterize that as I will do what it takes to ensure my success uh, no matter what impact or effect it has on others. Right. And if we slide along that, that horizontal continuum from yeah. impact to comfort, we end up with uh, what we used to call a compliant choice. We're now calling a passive choice, which is a, a commitment to comfort and a focus on self. Yeah, absolutely. And so what does that look like and feel like? That's very much um, go with the flow. And so what's interesting about this choice is that if I am surrounded by people who are, you know, doing good productive choices, then the easiest thing is maybe to do a good productive choice, you know, um, to sort of go with the, go with the flow, go with the flock. Um, but what it really shows up is when I'm in a different sort of situation and then, you know, that's when, you know, I'll, I'll go and I'll go with the flow again, <laughs> go with the flow again and, you know, look after, look after myself. So, um, so yeah, that's the comfort choice. So and then comfort choice or the, the passive choices were, passive choice, yes. And you already teased the productive choice, which is if we stay in that commitment to comfort, but now we start to understand the greater good mm -hmm. and how we play in along with our stakeholders to that greater good, then we end up with a productive leadership choice. Absolutely. And, we characterize that as, you know, I will help. I mean, I, I, mean, I get that uh, our success is important. It's just that I'm only willing to go so far, you know, whatever my comfort zone is, and so I'll help. But, you know, if the going gets tough, uh, then maybe I won't help as much. <laughs> or I'll sort of, I'll, I'll stop at a certain point. Um, 
when stop where it's where it's comfortable yeah to some much exactly so because those who stick their neck out a bit more those who are willing to make a commitment to a greater level of impact that would be along the horizontal continuum to the right so we end up in the top right hand corner with a trans transformative leadership choice a high level of commitment to impact and a greater good focus absolutely and uh so it's i'll ensure that we are successful and then so that ensure captures the commitment the we captures the greater good and we call it transformative because it is the choice that has the greatest probability of transforming changing um delivering if you like a greater good for uh for us so now we've played with that for the best part of 20 years as uh, four mm -hmm. quadrants on a chart uh, we called it the four choices and we said hey leadership is about the choices that you make and the influence and impact it has on other people given right. those choices but we've always had this uh, sense that there was another dimension that there was something else and when it came to action there were times when we thought people were making transformative choices, but it didn't quite come off right. And so uh, in the new book, What Great Teams Do Great, we were able to identify this third dimension. So now, as we joked last time, we're going to create a third di three-dimensional picture in two dimensions on an audio format. So uh, I'm not going to get over complicated about what it looks like. If people want a copy of the chart, send me an email, david at humanity.com, and we'll send you a picture of it to Absolutely. make it clear if you haven't followed along. But basically it takes each quadrant, each of those four quadrants and breaks it into two based on what we're calling the people dimension. Do you wanna like, talk a little about the people dimension? Sure, so we call it the people dimension. Um, other people might recognize uh, the term emotional intelligence. Um, it essentially is in the simplest form, how well do I understand myself and how well do I understand other people? And why that is important is that um, understanding self ensures that my uh, intentions are pure. You know, as human beings, we're very good at self-deception, you know, believing our own press. <laughs> and, you know, we also, you know, we have emotions. We can get fearful, we can get angry, etc. And so by being aware of self, that allows me to be if you like, more honest about what type of choice I'm making. Mm -hmm. But then understanding others is also critical because other people are different. And so what I think or what, what would be a greater good choice or a behavior that I think is um, you know, gonna be helpful or is gonna move us forward, other people may not interpret it in the same way. So if I understand self and I understand others, then that will inform the choice that I make and it elevates the probability that I'm gonna have the impact that I really wanna have. So we plug this into the four choices we've already described. We see each one done either with or without emotional intelligence, yep. um, with or without this people dimension, which then creates four pairs, if you like. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, and if we, if we walk them through again and we start in our, our bottom right-hand corner. So if you remember, bottom right-hand corner was a, a high level to commitment to impact and a self-focused choice, what we call the destructive leadership choice. But now we've got a pair there because 
we can make that choice with or without emotional intelligence. Help us understand the other side of that. Yeah, so we take a destructive choice and if we have low emotional intelligence, then it's gonna be destructive. You know, it, it doesn't serve the greater good and the way we go about it is gonna be clumsy and self-defeating and just cause trouble for us and for other people. But if we have high intel emotional intelligence, then we're, we're, we're wise, smart about people, but we're still self-serving. And so that is a manipulative choice because we are manipulating the situation, manipulating other people for our own benefit. Which could get kind of technical there because if I'm manipulating other people in a really smart way, it can look like I've got their interests at heart, but I'm coming from a place of, no, this is simply about me. Absolutely. In fact, you know, the, the highest form of emotional intelligence <laughs> would be that it takes people a while to catch up on the fact that you're really only looking after your own interests. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's because if, if they, they work out what you're doing, then they may start to push back or to resist. Um, but so long, the longer you keep them feeling like they're, they're on the bus with you, <laughs> <laughs> the more it serves your interests um, and you know, the more the other people are being set up or used, I guess, to, to be very blunt. So if we go around in the same order as we went before and we go to the bottom left-hand corner now, what we were calling our passive leadership choice, which was a, a low level of commitment, a commitment to comfort and still that self-focused choice. Yeah. Uh, and now we've got what we're calling a submissive choice as well. Yeah. So... When we have low emotional intelligence, low understanding of people, then we'll just be passive. Whether that works or not, I mean, it's just, it's just neutral and, um, you know, we're just, just not responding and not engaging. However, if we have a good read of other people, then, we're, and what, then we get some insight into how we can make it most easy for us in relating to them. And so that ends up being, we're submissive. So if we read that other people want us to be a certain way, the easiest thing is to be that way or to submit, if you like. <laughs> to, so we just, we just go along. We go along, but we're, we're smart about how we go along because we, we can read what other people, what going along means for other people. Right. Yeah. So low emotional intelligence would be passive, higher emotional intelligence would be submissive. So then our third quadrant, which is in the top left-hand corner, uh, I, we now start to understand the greater good. We have that connection, but we're still a lower level of commitment, a commitment to comfort. What we had said previously was just a productive choice. And now we've added an interesting word. I'll let you explain this one. Sure. <laughs> so we still have productive, which is I'm helping and I have good emotional intelligence. So I, I help effectively, which is great. Um, the low emotional intelligence, um, we looked at that and said, you know, what, what does that look like? And it's basically what it looks like a lot is I talk a good game about how to help, but I don't really do a lot. Um, I become an armchair, you know, expert on the greater good. And so I get into, you know, lecturing other people or, you know, getting on my soapbox, etc. And there is a word for that. <laughs> and uh, I found it in an urban dictionary. 
And the word is slacktive. And it's essentially one of those people who pontificates <laughs> from the armchair about all the things that we all <laughs> should do. But the thing is, though, is that, you know, they don't follow through in their actions. I know when you brought that word to the table, I was listening to a podcast that was about the Slacktivist podcast show or something. And, oh. <laughs> um, and it was really people talking about all the issues of the day, but only talking about them. Exactly. And so they were telling everybody what they should be doing, but they were you know, not really doing anything about it. And so the, it was very easy to tie into that and say, yep, I can see where people would be productive versus slacktive in that, that way that, that, as you said, help versus just lecture and then not actually follow through. Yeah. So the giveaway there is the words should and could and, you know, and, a, and the use of the word we, which really means not me, but you, yeah. <laughs> you all. And so yeah. our last pairing is uh, in the top right hand quadrant where we have a high level of commitment, that commitment yeah. to impact and still that greater good focus where we were calling it transformative choices. And transformative remains at the top there if we have emotional intelligence. Work us through what happens if we're in that quadrant and we don't have that much mm -hmm. emotional intelligence. Yeah. So there are, as we looked at this, we realized that, you know, there's lots of situations where somebody has strong conviction for the greater good. They really want to make the world a better place. They, and they, they have a strong motivation and desire to, to impact. And as you said, right, low emotional intelligence, so low understanding of people. And so what that looks like is a well-intentioned um, person who's very directive, mm -hmm. right? And so, you know, they are pushing, directing, driving towards, you know, what you could say is a great outcome. But because they aren't paying attention to the people and engaging the people in particular, then it comes off, you know, very directive. Now, it can work um, if people can sort of see the mission, right? And they buy into the mission, they may be willing to put up with, you know, or they may even say, hey, you know, this is, this person is, you know, so, you know, smart about what they're doing that I'm, I'm willing to sign up. But to a large degree, there is some collateral damage when people don't feel like they're engaged fully or listened to fully. Um, so, uh, it isn't quite as transformative as a as a high emotionally intelligent uh, choice. I remember one of my first outings with the eight. Uh, I took it to an organization and they were having a difficult week and the CEO looked at it and said, I'm trying to be transformative. I probably don't have the skills. So I'm actually, I can see myself being directive and how that's looking to everybody else is actually quite destructive. And yep. so it's an interesting how that flows now as you look at the the chart that it can go from my intentions are there, my capability is not, and how people receive this is even worse than I thought. Absolutely. And that really takes us back to, you know, why the people dimension and why the people dimension, part of it is, you know, if at the end of the day, our choices impact others and involve others. And so if we, if we don't have understanding of, you know, how they receive or understand or respond to what we do, then, um, you know, our good intentions, you know, really may backfire in the worst case scenario. 
Oh, so good theory. I like, I'm hoping people are drawing along and, uh, and have captured that and see that sense or have got the book and are looking in and saying, oh, now that makes a bit more sense. But uh, as we've always said, the theory is useless unless we can make it practical. So what's a, a couple of things you'd suggest for people on how to use these eight uh, to help them as leaders? Okay. So um, I guess, you know, the first one I would offer is um, look in the mirror and use this as your compass for life and for work you will have a better, happier, more productive um, life that you will be proud of and, um, you know, really feel like you're making a difference and, you know, you're leaving a legacy in the world and, you know, you have healthy, vibrant relationships with people that you care and love. Um, Is it recognizing as well, as you say that, that uh, we all make choices all over the place? Mm-hmm. But the key to the better leaders is they make more choices in that top part. They make more choices in the productive and transformative edge uh, than most. And, and so recognizing we're all human, we all trip up, we all fall in the different spots, but then also recognizing that we can go back to that top, quad, top right-hand quadrant and dig ourselves out of any hole over time. Absolutely. And so you know, when we work with people, whether it's individually in coaching or in a training session, you know, by sharing this framework with people, then it equips people to be aware of the choices that they're making. Because it turns out that a lot of times we're on, you know, on autopilot. <laughs> and you know, sometimes our autopilot, our default is good and sometimes it's not so good. And so just having the awareness and just being conscious of or intentful of the choices that we make and then having a frame for you know, the three big questions, right? What do I care about? What am I committed to? And, you know, how well do I understand? Um, it allows people, you know, gives them a template for that, elevate. you know, an awareness and then a, a template to elevate. Um, so even asking that question as a group, as a leader of a group and saying, hey, what do we care about? Mm -hmm. uh, what are we committed to? And then how well do we understand the whole dynamic of this and, and the people involved in it? Could be a good way to use this tool as well. Absolutely. And, you know, so you can do like a check-in almost like, Hey, time out, <laughs> you know, what type of choices have we been making as a team? You know, and people say, well, you know, seems like we're, you know, we're spiraling down a little bit, you know, people are going into their silos and people are opting out or people aren't, you know, engaging with each other or, um, you know, we're talking around issues. We're not willing to talk about, you know, into the issues or through the issues, et cetera. So we can sort of recognize that and then we can say, okay, so let's now reset <laughs> and reset and make a commitment to each other, right? To make more productive and trans transformative choices. Yeah. And a good question there is what would it look like if we were to make more productive and transformative choices? What kind of choices would there be? How would you describe them? What would it look like for you if we were all operating this way, which then sets a blueprint for performance, if you like? Absolutely. And I think that's the, and like you said, Dave, that's, a, that's an awesome question because, you know, again, it's not about looking back because we can't change that, right? The choices back have already been made. It's about focus forward and we get this picture that gets people excited 
and they're very practical things. And so we have you know, your question of, you know, what does it look like? And then sometimes a second question, which is, you know, and what will it take? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then the great thing is that once we get back onto the right path, as we call it, the green path, but if we get back onto that right path, then it be, we get a virtuous cycle going, meaning good choices, you know, create good choices right. and, you know, they build on each other and suddenly, you know, um, we're getting, we're feeling that energy and enthusiasm again. And we could certainly do with a few more good choices, making a few more good choices in the world. So um, this is more about the times that we're in than anything else. But <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Well, That's thank you, John. Oh, my pleasure. Uh, thank you. I appreciate you joining us again. Um, if you haven't checked out the book, What Great Teams Do Great, then uh, we've taken a look at it at episode two, episode six, and now I believe this will be episode 10, so you can get a, a sense of it. We're also going to be having a uh, book club a virtual book club through August 2020 if people want to join us and, and ask any further questions that they've got. And the book is available from all good bookshops. So that's what great teams do great. Thank you, John, for joining us. This has been the Humanity Leadership Podcast. I'm David Wheatley. Thank you to Brian Spencer for the music at the intro. Please share your feedback and suggestions of who you'd like to hear from or the th kind of themes you'd like to hear. I can be contacted at humanity.com. Like and subscribe, and we'll see you next time. In the meantime, stay healthy. Thank you.